Just the tips is on. Hey, everybody. It's the two guys who never give a shit about the soup of the day, Austin and Julian. And this is Just the Tips with Austin and Julian, the show where we take tips, tricks, and life hacks from the internet, mostly Reddit, filter it through our degenerate minds, and regurgitate it to you fine folks. What's up, Austin? Hey, what's up, Julian? How you doing? I'm good. I did have a tip that I wanted to throw in there that I learned yesterday from two different places. So we got my daughter pizza and chicken wings for her and her friends. And obviously kids love ranch. So we ordered a shit ton of ranch. And so I ordered 10 ranches for the pizza. And then my wife ordered a bunch of ranches for the chicken wings. And when I picked it up, the dude was like, hey, man, next time you can just ask for a soda cup full of ranch. It'll be way cheaper than getting the individual ranches. It's like, really? He goes, yeah, we'll just fill a soda cup up full of ranch for you. It'll be like two bucks. I'm like, what? I did not know this. So you can, at certain pizza places, ask for a soda cup full of ranch, and it'll just be a few dollars. And that's like even cheaper than getting it at the grocery store. And we all know uh, pizza places have the best ranch. You should get that ranch and then take it home and fill up the rest of your Hidden Valley bottle in your fridge. That's true. Have a squirt bottle. There's a tip for you. That's a great one. Because what is it with store ranch? There's not a brand of store ranch that compares to how good pizza shop ranch is. Is it because they make it fresh? I don't know. That's a good question. I like Ken's Steakhouse Ranch. I think that's pretty good. But you're right. There is something always better about the ranch at a place. Maybe, yeah, something about making it fresh and just mixing the mayonnaise and fresh out of the jar. The only good one I like at the grocery store that's is the one that comes in a jar and it's like super thick. I think Bob's Burgers makes one and um, Bob's Burgers has a sauce now. Yeah, in California they do the cartoon. Well, no, Big Boy. Sorry, not Bob's Burgers. Big Boy <laughs> Ranch. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Bob's Big Boy. Yeah, Bob's Big Boy. That's what I'm thinking of. I've never been to one of those, by the way. I've always wanted to. That's where they invented the double cheeseburger. Do you know that? <laughs> wow. How do they think of that? I don't know, but they were the first to think of it. and That's, that's a bold claim. I'm sure. So. I feel like someone else probably did it. Look it up in the history books, Austin. Bob's Big Boy. There used to be one here in Tucson. Really? Yeah. I, I always I remember taking trips to California and driving by that big statue, and I always wanted to go there, but my parents... You're always like, one day. My parents would never day. bring me to a place like that as a child. They refused to eat food like that. Speaking of ranch, I don't know what it is, but over the years, I used to love ranch more than anyone, but every year I noticed that I like ranch less and less, and I don't know if it's because of Brandon Ranch shaming me, because he used to always talk shit to me when I would dip my pizza in ranch. Because he'd be like, you fucking Arizona kids, you can't even taste the pizza, you just taste the ranch. And I was like, fuck you, Brandon. And then the more and more he made fun of me, I started paying attention. I was like, he's right. I can't just taste the ranch. And then I'd go to like an Italian pizza place where they didn't serve ranch because it was like offensive. And then I, the more and more I started eating it without ranch, I was like, damn it, Brandon was right, that son of a bitch. But I still think it's good to dip the the crust in if you're if you're into that sort of thing. But but yeah, I don't I don't do ranch and pizza anymore. Weirdly enough, I think certain pizzas 
taste really good with ranch. And I think all pizzas taste really good with ranch, really, because they taste good. But there's certain pizzas you dip in ranch and certain pizzas you don't. And yeah, if you go to like an artisan pizza joint or like a legit Italian place, blasphemy if you get ranch on it. That's like dip it, That's like putting your expensive steak in A1 sauce, you know? Exactly. But if you go to like Arizona Pizza Company or something like that and you just get a slice, then dipping in a ranch is A-OK for me. I agree. Brandon also told me once that a guy from New York told him that the real way to eat New York pizza is you put salt on the on your plate and you dip the bottom of the crust in the salt and it picks up little bits of salt and it flavors the crust better and you eat it that way. Oh, I like the sound of that. I yeah, I've never tried it myself, but uh, I have put salt in my beer and that's pretty good. Hmm. So. Anyway, uh, I have some exciting pizza news since we're on the topic. I bought a, or my, I didn't buy it. My wife got it for me for Christmas, and it just arrived this week, and I'm going to use it for the first time today. I got one of those uni pizza ovens that you get online. They're like. I don't, I don't know anything about this. You know, normally like a pizza oven's a few thousand dollars and very expensive and giant and cumbersome. This company called uni, spelled O-O-N-I, makes one that you it's literally like i don't know three feet long and two feet wide or something it's just big enough to throw a pizza in and uh they range from like 300 to 500 dollars for a pizza oven which is way cheaper than another one like other ones and you can either use gas or charcoal or wood and so she got me one for christmas and they were sold out and so it just got delivered last week and I'm going to use it today for the first time. I just went and picked up the wood and lighter fluid and all that. I'm going to make that with some uh, smoked chicken wings on my smoker. Ooh, dude, I'm looking this up right now. This thing is legit, man. Dude, it's These uni very pizza nice. Oven, it goes up to 950 degrees. Yeah, in 15 minutes, supposedly. So, you, man, you can make like some real Italian-style fucking pizza, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I went out and got the double O flour which is the like legit Italian flour that's hard to come by. And um, I've been fermenting my dough in my fridge for three days, which is the optimal time to develop that tangy flavor in the air bubbles that give you that nice textured crust. So wish me luck, Austin. Dang, Julian. Good luck. You're you're on a whole different level now, man. I'm, I'm very jealous. I know. I even went out and got buffalo mozzarella from Whole Foods and the legit Italian tomatoes. So, so. shit. Well, all I have to offer is uh, I was going to touch on a tip that we had last week that I saw another tip that builds on that. So before I forget, we're talking a little bit about organic peanut butter and and how you turn it upside down. You know, I do know. This guy took it a step further, and he said what you do is when you get the the jar of organic peanut butter, store it upside down, obviously, and every few days flip it until you use it. And before you use it, hopefully it's already been flipped a couple times and sat there, shake it vigorously for a minute before you open the seal. And then after that, obviously, you refrigerate it to keep it emulsified. And... uh, if you follow these rules, you should have the perfect peanut butter every time with no stirring. I have a bonus tip. What's that? 
don't buy fucking organic peanut butter. Just get the fucking Jiffy or Skippy because who wants to deal with all that shit for some fucking peanut butter? Who's eating peanut butter that much that it really makes a difference? Hey, this was your tip last week. Yeah, I know, but now I realize how many fucking steps are involved for organic <laughs> peanut butter, and I'm just going back to the good you old stuff. You had an stuff. epiphany? Yeah, fuck that shit. Fuck it. I'm just getting... And, and I like Jiffy. Jiffy is all natural ingredients, perfect amount of sweetness, and it's delicious. And that organic peanut butter shit, it doesn't have like the good flavor. Like It's, too, it's not sweet enough. They don't add enough sugar. And if I'm eating peanut butter, I'm not really caring about how healthy it is or anything. Maybe if I'm throwing it at a protein shake or something, sure. But if I'm just having a peanut butter and jelly, I'm not trying to, like, have a healthy peanut butter and jelly. You know, I'm eating fucking peanut butter and jelly, man. Make it taste good. Well, I feel attacked, Julian. I don't know. I don't know who you are anymore. Last week you're into it. This week you're not into it. I don't know. I don't know where you stand. I was into it when it was one step. Now I got to fucking turn that thing over every other day and then fucking shake it before i use it fuck that give me my jiffy or you can do what i do and forget to do either of those and just the first half of the jar is very oily and pouring all over the place and then the second half is extremely dry that's what happened to me with my last jar speaking of peanut butter i don't know if it's still open i hope it survived the pandemic because i never got to go there but they opened a peanut butter and jelly restaurant in uh downtown la and they make multiple different nut butters and their own jelly and their own bread. And it's supposed to be incredible. And I always wanted to go there, but I never got to because the pandemic happened shortly after it opened. That is a very ambitious restaurant goal, but uh, I'm sure it's pretty good. It looks fucking awesome, man. Like you can get and they make it the, the peanut butter and stuff is made on site daily. And you can you can I think you can even get jars of it brought to bring it home so that's the type of organic peanut butter i'd be down for but hopefully they got it figured out where you don't have to do all those steps to enjoy some fucking peanut butter man i said this last time but costco kirkland signature almond butter that's where it's at it's so good it's the shit all right well we'll give that a whirl maybe next time i go to costco i have another all right you have one more thing (laughs) Then I had a lot of life show. events this week, Austin. I don't know if you Jesus noticed, Christ. but uh, there's something missing on my face. Yeah, you don't have glasses on. Yeah, I don't. Because Did you get contacts? I got contacts, baby. No shit. Finally. I made. You waited until you're 37 years old to get contacts. I made the plunge. Well, you know, with, with all the mask wearing, your glasses get fogged up all the time from the fucking masks. And I finally had enough. And I, my, my regular glasses broke. So I needed to make an appointment, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to try contacts, and what do you know? I love them. I mean, they're, they they, t- they take a little bit of practice to get them on. In fact, when I went to the doctor's, and the doctor's assistant was, like, showing me how to do it, she was impressed that I got it my first try. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. And then I got home, and the next day I tried to put them on before work, and I sat there for a half hour and could not get them on. And my eyes were so irritated because I kept sticking my finger in them. I was so frustrated and furious. I was like, fuck it. So I wore my Hmm. broken glasses to work. And then my wife told me because I woke her up with my frustration because I was like screaming and cursing. I was like, motherfucker. I kept dropping them on the ground. Anyway, she got mad at me for waking her up. But then she told me that she had a secret of how to put them on that the lady didn't tell me. And that is you look up 
when you put them on. You don't put them directly on your retina, which is what the lady told me to do. But every time I did it, my eye would see my finger coming in. My eyelids would naturally shut um, to protect my eyes. But if you look up, you don't see your finger coming and they go on a lot easier. So if you're having trouble putting contacts on, listen to my wife and look up before you put them on. Yeah, Julian, no one's having trouble put their contacts on except for you because everyone that had contacts got them 15 years ago. Well, I got contacts in seventh grade. Come on. Shut up, Boston. Once you get used to it, you can you can put them directly on your eye. But yeah, just put them on the bottom of your eye and slide them up if you're having trouble. All right. Well, I didn't know. It's new to me, man. It's a new world. Yeah, it's crazy to me that it took you that fucking long. Like Glasses are fine for certain occasions, but... I don't get how people can just wear glasses all the time unless you just can't do contacts for whatever reason. It's just such a pain in the ass when you're doing athletic stuff or anything. Yeah, it's great to have contacts. And then one step further, once you get tired of contacts, get LASIK like I did, and that really fucking changes your life. I'm kind of scared of LASIK. I've been reading some shit about LASIK that like it doesn't always go as planned, and people are left with some permanent conditions that suck. And there's no fixing it. I mean, it, I think it's a pretty small percentage that it happens to. But if you're one of those unlucky few, man, fuck. Right. That is what's scary. You're messing with your vision. And if you fuck that up. But they have a, like an extremely high success rate. And even for most mistakes, I think they can fix because they cut your cornea and lift it up. So usually it can heal under the cornea. And there, there's a lot of things that that like there's room for error on. So I'm actually getting to the point where I think I may need LASIK again, or I'll probably have to get glasses to like drive and shit. Cause I got LASIK 12, 13 years ago. And, uh, my, my eyes are starting to get bad again. I can tell when I'm driving, things are getting blurry. So I'm like, fuck this all over again. I thought it was a lifetime, uh, fix. No, I mean, maybe for some people, but Eventually, your eyes start start going again, I guess. Oh, fuck that. So I'm going to have to do this whole thing all over again. I'm sticking with contacts, baby. But, Julian, I will say, without your glasses, you look like much more of a sexy bad boy. That's what my wife said, and she said I look 10 years younger, too. You do look younger, I think. I don't know why. That's good. Yeah, because you have a nice, smooth, that smooth Italian skin. And uh, you don't you look like a like a nerdy teacher with those glasses on. You look like a... Bad boy. Italians are like wine. We get better with age. That's what my mom always said. That's true. She even told my wife that. She says they get better looking with age. Okay. Well, I'm pretty horny now. Um, I don't know about you. I always am horny when I see myself in the mirror. Should we do the show? Yeah, I guess we can get to the tips. We're 23 minutes in. Yeah, probably. We've got some, we had some natural tips there, though. Yeah, there were. I think there were a lot of opportunities to learn there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll get started with something that I've had some personal experience in recently, so it jumped out at me. Possible shit tip for a warning, but let's just do it, see what happens. This is from the Reddit You Should Know. The poster, his name was deleted, so I cannot give credit. But it's you should know in regards to disabled toilets, just because someone is able to walk or seemingly looks like an average human person does not mean that they should not be using it, and it's not your place to determine that. So don't be Mr. Judgmental when some guy strolls into the the handicap stall. And actually, that's not really what I was going to use it for, because 
I use those I use those things my whole life without even thinking about it. I would just go in there and take a shit just because it's it's roomier. You can spread your legs. You're, the toilet's so high you can swing your legs like a little kid. But then I saw that Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry's taking a shit in there because it's the only open stall. Then a guy comes in in a wheelchair and he needs it. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about, you know, because it's so rare that you're in there using it when a guy who's disabled actually needs it. So I don't even know really why I brought this up. I guess the thing I brought up was that I think a lot of people don't even think about it and they just use it. But you should be aware that if you are going to be in the handicap stall, you should try to be in and out and leave it open in case a handicapped person does actually need it. But at the same time, I don't really think anyone's just going to sit there and leave that stall open and wait when people are shitting in all the other stalls. I don't know. It's a shit tip. It's it's a case-by-case basis. Well, Probably didn't need to be brought up. Here's the thing. A lot of times there's only like two stalls. So if one's taken and the other one's the disabled one and you got to go, you got to go, man. What are you going to do? Yeah, you're sitting there and there's a line and some guy's like, you're going to use it? I'm like, I'm saving it for a disabled man. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I've used those my whole life and I've never once had a disabled man come in and like be waiting for me. It's not like a handicapped parking spot or something. I'm sure it happens all the time to disabled people and that sucks. And so if I have the... But on the bright side, they're already sitting down, so he can wait a little while, hopefully, you know? Well, not all disabled people are disabled the same way, Austin. What are you talking about? I know. You're an asshole. Anyway, I am a friend of the handicapped community. Austin is not. I am too. No, you're not. You just made fun of him, you fucking dick. You're you're a real jerk. You're going to get... You're, they don't like the fact that you're treating them differently. They want to be made fun of just like you. I'm not treating anyone differently. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just had a very nice time with a disabled man, a drunk disabled man, last week <laughs> in in the mountains. My wife and I were having a nice dinner, and this this uh, drunk dude came over to us in a wheelchair and was just chatting away with us. And it was kind of funny because, you know, we're in a pandemic, and you know, we're trying to keep our space from people. And he was, he just like, didn't care. He was right up on our table, just talking to us. And like, part of me was like uncomfortable because I wanted to be like, dude, we're in a pandemic. Can you like back up? But you know, obviously I can't say that. And so I didn't, and I just took the risk and sat there. And then anyway, did you hear the story about, Oh wait, you were probably there when met the dude in a wheelchair at Danny's and he lived with you. Oh, when he came to my house and (laughs) did a bunch of cocaine? (laughs) Yeah, brought the dude to the house. They did a bunch of coke together. I brought the dude to the house. What are you talking about? Yeah, of course it was you. You're always the one bringing people over. And then at the end of the night, the guy was getting into his, he had a handy capable van, and he was getting into it to to go home, and he was telling to push the gate because the gate wouldn't close. And dude, of course, coked out and had been drinking for seven hours and the guy's like ah, push it hard and like something's wrong with it and he's the guy's like no it's fine and then just kicks it and the fucking thing breaks and the guy's like dude you broke my van <laughs> broke the guy's van and he's like sorry man and then just went inside and the guy went home and never saw each other again yeah i was there and that was right before we moved to la and i remember the guy like said something along the lines of Man, I can tell you guys are really going to miss each other. Me and Brian had like a teary-eyed moment that we were going to miss each other because 
we were, we were really close at that point in our lives. I'm so glad that I wasn't there for that because watching two guys have an emotional cocaine-fueled moment is a nightmare for me. Yeah, it was definitely it was a good it was a good last hurrah in in Tucson. But yeah, that was a fun night. That guy was pretty cool, you know, until he did a lot of cocaine and it, things got a little weird. But they usually do when you bring yeah. when you bring the devil's dandruff out. All right. Um, all right, so it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, Austin, in case you didn't know, you might want to get your girl a little something. And this tip goes to, it comes from a pet named Taku, and that's their Reddit username, and it's a life pro tip from Reddit. And this is geared at servers and bartenders, but I think it works for anyone. And it says, if you're a server or bartender, or anyone for that matter, that's working on Valentine's Day, make sure to compliment the jewelry jewelry worn by any couples you serve. They most likely got it as a gift that day, and it'll give the significant other that bought it some brownie points, which might translate to better tips for you. Or it just might make their day. You know, I don't necessarily think you need to expect a financial reward for it, but, you know, you're really going to make them feel good about their purchase and whoever received that jewelry feel good about, you know, the gift they received. I don't know. That seems really weird to me. I would never do that. I don't, I'm not the type of person that knows anything about jewelry or would compliment it unless some guy has like a giant turquoise jewelry necklace that is shaped like an eagle or something like that. Otherwise I couldn't imagine myself being like, oh, that's a really nice bracelet you have to some girl. And there's no fucking way you'd ever do that either. So, uh, I call I'm calling shit tip. <laughs> Julian. No. I'm calling it. I'm sorry. I think I I think if you do it right, it could be a good tip. And there's a right way and a wrong way. Like I'd say if the girl's wearing a necklace and it's like hanging in between her cleavage and you like reach down in between her cleavage and pull up the the whatever that pendant is at the end of it and take a look, that's a bad way to do it. But if 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 she's wearing like a a watch or the guy's wearing a cool watch or something, you can compliment that like no problem. It just depends where it's sitting. If she's got like if 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 there's like a nipple ring poking out or something, you don't want to compliment that. But you can compliment a bracelet or a, a ring or a necklace that sits high up but not deep into the cleavage. Well, thank you, Julian, for walking us through the ins and outs of jewelry. You're welcome. We all know you're a jewelry aficionado, and uh, you know your stuff. I have too much jewelry, man. If my house ever got <laughs> robbed, they'd have a fortune in jewelry Yeah. with how much I wear. Yeah, jewelry is a, a foreign thing to me. I'll never understand it. I fucking hate jewelry, man. It, it does nothing for me. I don't understand why people like, like it. I would so much rather you spend all that money on some cool electronic gadget for me or, or something than jewelry, jewelry and flowers, man. I hate them both for myself. I'll get other people them cause they like them and you know, but for me, never buy me jewelry, never get me flowers, either get me something I can use in my life or, or treat me to a nice meal. Get me some good booze, something like that. To be fair, I don't think you're the target demographic for, for either jewelry or flowers. If somebody bought you flowers, I think they would. It's pretty clear that they don't know you very well. Yeah, well, Julian, I got you this bouquet of roses for your birthday. I, I thought you'd really like it. I mean, Italians 
do like jewelry. So that's true. Some of my family members really like, you know, nice jewelry. Gold chains. That's it, though. Italian men can wear the gold chain with the horn on it. And that's about it. Yep. Well, they could do the, do the pinky ring pretty well. Oh, yes. You know, the fancy watch they can do pretty well. The, a nice uh, cufflink. There's a lot of options. I always thought cufflinks, they always seemed just so douchey. Even if I was rich and had a job where I wore nice shirts all the time, I don't think I would do the cufflinks. And after having an Apple Watch, man, like even if I had the money, I couldn't see myself buying a Rolex or something because I'd look at it and I'd be like, oh, that $500 Apple Watch does so much more. You know, it, it's there's no going back. But I never really liked wearing watches anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'd get the $10,000 gold Apple Watch. Oh, that's true. No way. That is the dumbest thing you could ever buy. Because anyone who bought that is now, like, I don't even think they make them anymore. But that was hilarious that they even sold that because two years later, that thing is completely outdated and needs to be replaced now. And you just have a $10,000 paperweight. Yeah, now they just make, like, really expensive watch bands. And you can get, like, the watch I have is aluminum, but you can get a steel one for more expensive. And then you can get, like, $1,000 Hermes bands or whatever, but and what the fuck is the point of that? I don't know. That, I mean, that, I get that. If it's like if you're if you have a lot of money and you want a nice watch, it's still much cheaper than you know a Rolex or whatever other brand there is. Yeah, but no one's like no one's like oh you got the Hermes version. Wow, like I would never fucking be able to tell the difference. There's no difference between the steel and the and the aluminum other than the weight of it. And if you're that desperate to spend money, give it to a charity or something. Don't buy stupid shit jeez julian you run a fucking tight ship man well i just keep telling people to spend their money no there's a lot of things i'll spend money on i have no problem spending money on shit that's useful and like will add benefit to my life like i'll i'll spend a dime on some expensive speakers or headphones let me tell you but i can tell the difference and i they bring joy to my life but those are useful but just like getting something that's more expensive for the sake of it being more expensive and it has no greater functionality over the cheaper model is stupid to me. Well, we could go back and forth all day on this, but I think you should get a gold chain. I actually like a gold necklace chain, but I'm too white. If I wear it, I look like some like a weird Russian drug dealer or something. But like if Adion wears a gold chain or you know somebody who has darker skin, I think they look good. You could probably wear it being an Italian. Can I wear one? Yeah, I think so. You'd have to shave your your chest hair, though, because that thing's going to get caught, and that's going to just be a disaster. But if you get that cleaned up... What about the thick silver one that hangs on the outside of your t-shirt? Yeah, just a big rope, 30-inch rope. That would be good. All right. I don't think I'm going to do that. You can do anything. Now that you got rid of those glasses and you look like a fucking nerd, I think we're going to really explore some some different fashion styles for you. I think it's going to be wild. I think I'm going to get a belly chain. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. What tip did we just do? My tip about complimenting people's jewelry on Valentine's Day. Oh, right. That horrible tip. Well, it shouldn't be hard to top that one. But So I'm just going to go ahead and do this tip that we already have talked about in the past. But I saw it again, and I thought we should revisit it for, for people that didn't hear that episode or may have forgotten. And it's a food hack, and it's from Reddit, Food Hacks. And it's brought to us by Rosepetal72. This is a freezer space hack, Julian, uh, that I actually used recently because my freezer was just overflowing with shit. And 
it's take everything out of the boxes and tape the cooking instructions to the bag. It clears up so much space in the freezer. So just take the bag out from the inside of the box and then tape it on there, you know, with the cooking instructions or the the nutritional information if you want. And it works great. It saves you so much space. And another thing that I learned possibly from this show was if you're if you're freezing something like beans or nacho cheese or something like that, you can put it in a freezer bag, lay it flat on the table, lay it flat, you know, and then freeze it. And you can store it in the freezer like a filing cabinet. And it, take, it seems to take up less space. Less space. Wow, Austin. You really are going to revolutionize my freezer. Dude, I'm the fucking freezer master. I've done the... Uh I've done the thing where you cut the instructions out and throw it on the plastic bag part because, yeah, those boxes take up a shitload of space. But I've never done the the filing cabinet style of storing things. You're going to love it. But I don't really store that much liquid in my freezer. Do you consider beans to be liquid? Well, they're, they're liquidy, yeah. You can pour them in a cup. So anything you can pour in a cup, I consider liquidy. Hmm. But I guess you can pour flour in a cup and that's not liquidy. But I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But all I know is my freezer is too full of Hot Pockets to fit anything else in it. So luckily those stack real nicely and you can fit about 500 in a in a freezer if you do it right. That's true. Dude, I, I hate to say it and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, but I really enjoy Hot Pockets. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. They're so good. I want to make my own. I think I could do an amazing homemade Hot Pocket that would knock your socks off. Well, yeah, but I mean, those the Hot Pockets are like $2, and you put it in the microwave for two minutes, and it's done. I think that's, and they're made out of cardboard, and, you know, who knows what the fuck else. But they have the, I always go lean pockets, because, you know, I'm watching my waistline. And uh, they have these pretzel ones that are jalapeno chicken and cheese with the pretzel outside. And they're pretty fucking good, man. And then just the traditional pepperoni lean pockets I also like. Austin, I feel like you'd fit in really well in a trailer park. I, when I was born, my parents took me home to a trailer park. I originally was born in a trailer park, so those are my roots. <laughs> so it stuck with you a little bit? Yeah. Because yeah. you have a lot of trailer park tendencies. You can take the boy out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer out of the boy. Yep. Austin likes Hot Pockets. He likes Hormel Chili. He has a push broom mustache. He drives a Harley. And what else do you do? My dad eats Hormel Chili, too, so I think that was passed down genetically. And we do the same thing. We get the Hormel Chili, preferably with no beans, unless I'm going through one of my vegetarian stints, and you scoop it up with a tortilla. That's... I don't know if that's white trash or what, but it's it's definitely trash. Do you guys ever sit next to each other on the couch and have a pot of Hormel chili between you and you each just have a tortilla and you just take turns eating it? We, sh- we should. It? Yeah, we should do like a Hormel chili fondue. Maybe for Christmas I'll get him a Hormel chili, like one of those fondue fountains, and we'll just fill it with Hormel chili. <laughs> you just set a table for four and put a giant pot of Hormel chili between you and give everyone a stack of tortillas. And that's Dude, that sounds like a great bonding experience. That sounds like a you could open a restaurant like that. It's like a that could be an experience like Ethiopian food is, but it's yeah, it's just the most American or southwestern style of eating. I like it. I think you're onto something there, Austin. That's my tip to you. Open that restaurant. All right. 
here's something that I think is a good idea. I never did this in college, which is probably why my GPA wasn't what it should have been. But I did graduate. And it comes from Alanave, I think is how you pronounce the username. And it got 49,000 upvotes, so this must be a good one. If you want to ace any class, take an audio recording of the lectures while taking quick handwritten notes simultaneously. Then listen to the audio while reviewing the notes before the exam. It will work wonders for your learning and memory. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. When we were in school, I guess that wasn't really around because that that was like before the time of the iPhone. So we would have had to actually take one of those voice recorders, which would have just been too much. But I think that's a great idea. You can go back and, and revisit it. Whether You have to be the type of person that will actually go through the effort to do that because knowing myself, I would record it and I would just never go back to it because it would seem like too tall of a task. But um, I think if you go through and actually here's the way you do it. You just make notes of like certain time periods of when they say something important and you mark down the time like, oh, he said that. I'm going to need to go back to that. And he goes and explains something that's confusing, 42, 13, you know, and then write it down and you can kind of go back and, and look at it. And this is something I think you could use in a bunch of different situations for people that aren't in school. Like if you're talking to your therapist, you could go through and listen to it and go back. I thought of that before, but again, I don't think I would, I think it's a good idea in theory and I know other people do it, but I'm just the type of person that I would probably never go back and go through it. So I don't know. I think it's a good tip. The other thing you can do is if you can get into your school's disability program, which I was in, mine was called disability resource center. You can have other people take your notes for you. And that's what I did. I just signed up to have note takers. because I had really messy handwriting and then they, had carbon paper that they would write down on. They just give me the notes after class. That helped a lot for me because they they were much more organized in their note taking than I was. That is such bullshit. You had a note taker because you had bad handwriting, and they considered yeah. that to be a disability. Have you seen my handwriting, Austin? It's fucking awful. And I'm trying to write have, quickly. You can't read it. That's still horseshit. But I, I, it was helpful to me because I used that in classes that we took together. And more than anything, I used your password to go to the disability center to print up all my stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, I used your code to do all my printing. I forgot about that. We saved a lot on printing with that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. We had all kinds of hacks in school. Remember when we used to get free parking in the parking garages because we'd get right up on the person in front of us ass and we'd when they when the gate would lift we'd floor it yeah and get under the gate at the same time so we never had to pay for parking we just do that like every day i did that every day for like three years and then i told aaron goldman about it and he was pissed that i was getting free parking so he tried to do it at the tyndall garage where they had cameras and he got caught literally the first time doing it no way we used to I, yeah it was great i remember we did it at the one north of the student union the mountain and second street garage yeah yeah that one the best that was like the primo parking spot yeah I did I, it for I would, two years we did a lot of crazy things back then that i would never do nowadays yeah i'm sure you can't get away with it now they probably have cameras and systems in place to keep that from happening but yeah that was like a regular thing that we would do all the time one of many things so i didn't know you were doing it too yeah man i would do that shit not as often as you. I think I rode with you most of the time, but I only did it when the time was right. Though I was I was a, a smart criminal because if there was like I do it if there's a line of cars and it was busy, 
But if there was like no cars or maybe there's just one other car and the lady at the ticket booth could see me, I would just pull up and pay for it because I knew that, that I would you know be pushing my luck. And one day, something didn't feel right. There was like a, a couple of ladies standing off to the side up against the wall with a clipboard. And I was like, this is weird. And I had stolen parking like two weeks straight. And I was like, something doesn't feel right. So I pulled into the spot off to the side, paid for my parking. And then I go out, and as I'm going out, some lady tries to steal parking and rear-ends me in my Tacoma. And I get out, and, you know, it's fine, a little fender bender. I didn't get her information or anything. And the lady with the clipboard off to the side that I saw runs up and busts the lady. She was undercover looking for people stealing parking. Man, your spider uh, sense saved you. Yeah, I I thought it was so funny. I just laughed. I didn't even care that I got rear-ended. I was so proud that I that I had narrowly avoided, you know, whatever fine that lady had. So, And then I stopped. I never did it after that. Good for you, man. So, Thank you. All right. You got a tip for us? I do. This is a traveling tip, Julian. I know you like to travel more than anyone. I do, and I really miss it. It's a life pro tip from Reddit from O2 Grim Reaper. And it's... This is, I guess, more of a conversation because I think there are two schools of thought here. But when traveling, if you roll up your clothes like a burrito, you will be able to fit more into your suitcase. Uh, And I've actually heard about this a long time ago, and it's something I've done for a while. I don't know if you can necessarily fit more in there because I think as much space as you have is as much space as you have. But it's great for filling in the little gaps around the outside. And if you just roll up all your T-shirts, it seems like you can... You can kind of place them in there, you know, more neatly, just like a bunch of little burritos. You can def- uh, doesn't work with like I wouldn't do it with collared shirts and button ups and stuff like that. Maybe not jeans, but with t shirts, it works great. It works great with jeans too, Austin. I do the same technique, and you can fit way more in a suitcase doing it this way than others. Like when I went to Costa Rica, I had one suitcase that I fit two weeks worth of clothes in because I did this technique. And when I tried to put them in any other way, there's no way I was fitting them in there. And you can actually look up YouTube videos of people proving this theory and they'll show how much you can fit doing it that way than the other way. Um, And you can do collared shirts as well. You just might need to iron them after Um, they're not going to stay crisp, but I can never get a collared shirt to stay crisp in a suitcase anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference to me. Yeah, and another little bonus tip that I saw when I was watching this minimalist thing on Netflix, just randomly this guy was packing packing before going on some trip, and this is something that I had never thought of. He he got everything he needed and laid it out on his bed and then got his suitcase and placed it in like as needed. I was like, shit, I've never done that. Every time I pack, I just throw shit in there, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't count. I overpack big time, and I just... I throw in like every pair of underwear I have, you know, way too many shirts, way too many jeans, and I just always check bags. And I was like, man, I should try that next time. Put a little strategy to my packing. Yeah. Another thing, too, is you can roll things into your clothes. So if it's something like breakable that you're worried about, you know, putting in your suitcase, you can roll it in a T-shirt or something, and it'll be a little cushion protector for it. Yeah, or if you're the type of person that plans out outfits, you can roll a whole outfit into one mega chipotle style burrito that's true you might even be able to put a burrito in there as well yes julian is the type of person that no matter how long of a trip you're always going to do a carry-on bag jake's like that too 
you went to Boston and stayed with your brother for like two months years ago, and you just had one carry on. That was it. Like no matter where you're going, no matter how far, one carry on. That's it. How do you know? Did you drop me off at the airport or something? I I think I did. I dropped you off where I picked you up, and I was um, blown away by it. Yeah, I think I did do that. Uh, now I check bags. I've realized my older years, it doesn't take that long to get your bag at the end, and so I'll check them now. It's so much easier, dude, and like you don't have to worry. I like being free. I get rid of this giant bag, and then I just have a backpack, and I can just walk to the plane and get on and not have to worry about stuffing it in there up top, and it, it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Although last time I traveled, when I went to New York with Jake and Guy, I they lost my bag. So, but I got it at like midnight, so it was uh, fine. That's good. All right, uh, this one is a you should know tip, and it comes from Mad Mungo, and it says, "You should know, old people do not often feel old. Treating them as an old person only reminds them that they look old on the outside," and. Yeah, man, who doesn't know this? I mean, I still feel like I'm 18 inside, but I know I don't look 18 on the outside. You do now. You got rid of those glasses. Maybe. and But it doesn't make me act any, you know, older. I just, I'm, I'm still a teenager in, inside, you know. I have all the same desires. I'm a little more responsible, but other than that, I'm the same. It is weird how you always feel the same, and then some... Some, like, younger guy who's, like, 19 will call you sir, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I am old. And the thing that really gets me about this is, like, when people are like, oh, I'm too old to do that now. Like, no, you're fucking not. Just do it. Like, people are always like, oh, you're t- I'm too old to go to Coachella. Like, I will never be too old to go to Coachella or any music festival. I'm going to be that old guy fucking raving with all the teenagers. I don't give a shit. I like to have fun. And you know what? We live once, and by limiting yourself with your age, you're limiting your life experiences. And so don't do that. My dad always did that. And you'd be like, oh, I'm too old to do this. Like, no, you're fucking not. Just fucking do it. Don't even take age into the equation. Right, and I think there are two types of that. It's like if you want to do something and you think you're too old to do it and that keeps you from doing it, then that's stupid because you can you know do whatever you want. But if you're older and... Because you're older, you don't fucking want to do it because it doesn't appeal to you anymore. That's a whole different thing. And I fall into that category a lot. But I would never say I'm too old to do that and not do something that I want to do. And I think for our age, it's a little different. But I think it really, this tip really applies when you're like 60 and people are just like, look at you like an old man. Not even 60, maybe like 70. People look at you like you're an old man, but in your head, you still feel like, you know, like you always have trapped in this old body. So, you know, when you see an old man, don't pat him on the top of the head and tell him how cute he looks and, you know, pull on his cheeks. Just, you know, treat him like a normal person. I did think of one thing that I am I would say I'm too old for. If someone invited me to prom, I would say I'm too old to go to prom. Really? Yes. I wouldn't go to prom. Yeah, that's probably a good cutoff. Yeah. But that's kind of age-specific type thing, you know, no one, no one over... 18, 19 is going to prom. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, anything else, though, is cool. Like, I'll go to a frat party, no problem. You invite me to a frat party, I'll be there. Or a sorority party, whatever. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, I think as long as uh, anything where there may be some legal challenges, then uh, you could probably cut off. Well, I'm not even not, not even looking at it as a legal standpoint. I'm just too old to go to prom, man. What about as the DJ? 
Oh, I'll definitely go as DJ. Yeah. I'll, I'll work a prom, but I'm not going to attend a prom. Yeah, I, I'm just sad as I get older. Like, I just, uh, I've gotten so tired, and I don't want to stay up late, and it's, I'm becoming the person that, that I don't want to be in a lot of ways. You are such an old man. Whereas you're still, you still have your, have your youthful vigor that you've always had. And it's not going anywhere, Austin. And that's why I feel bad, because we're all just, you know, the rest of us are aging and not wanting to stay out as late, and, and you're just going to have to find, like, a new group of friends every 10 years that, that you can go out and party with. Yeah, I'm just going to just keep getting a new group of, you know, 20 to 30-year-olds to hang out with and uh, yeah. leave you guys by the wayside. You guys can go to the nursing home. I'm going to be going to fucking Burning Man. Yeah, my idea of a good time now is like going to lunch with some friends, maybe getting some happy hour drinks, and then going home and watching a show that I'm really excited to watch. That's like, doesn't get any better than that. God, that's so sad, man. I <laughs> As soon as I have those happy hour drinks, I want to keep going, and I'm going to the dance club in downtown and fucking raging until they kick me out and I end up home. I just can't drink like that anymore, dude. It just kills my body. It hurts so bad. Maybe you should stop being such a bitch. I'll try that. Or to, or do something else. You don't have to drink. Just fucking take some Molly or whatever. I guess you can't for work. <laughs> but. but when I retire, I'm going to take a lot of Molly. Or they federally legalize it. That's what I'm hoping for. Can you imagine if you could go buy Molly at the store? Can you imagine? Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, that's the day I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Molly and mushrooms. Bring them on. Yeah, especially mushrooms, man. Because Molly, I feel like I've had some great times on Molly, but you just know that it is bad for your brain. I don't think it is. A couple of friends of ours have done so much Molly that they went cross-eyed <laughs> temporarily. I'm like, that's doing something to your brain that's probably not good. Or your pupils are not supposed to be that big ever. But mushrooms, it's natural, man. I think it's fine. Eh, I, I'm not scared of doing that. Molly never did anything bad to me. You are responsible with your Molly. Whenever you do it, you get a test kit and you make sure that it's pure MDMA. And if it's not, you won't do it. Like when we went to Coachella last time, you let that guy use your test kit and it came out black and you're like, dude, that's bad news. No, black's good. Oh. Black's good. It came out whatever bad was. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, dude, it's bad news. I wouldn't do it if I were you. And the guy looked so sad. And like you could immediately tell that he's just like, well... I'm doing it anyway, so... <laughs> I did it once. I, I tested a guy's thing, and he had bought a bunch of it to sell it, and he's like, well, well I guess I won't be doing it, but I'll, I'll just sell it all. I'm like, well, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. But to be fair, I bet almost every time that I've done it, I had never used a test kit, and God knows what was in that stuff. Yeah. Like that one time when I did it, like, you know, 15 years ago with that. And Lake Havasu, I told a story about me jacking off in his mom's bathroom. Oh, shoot, I wasn't supposed to say his name. I'll edit it out. But uh, that supposed Molly, actually, it might have just been ecstasy. It was like a pressed pill. But at one point, I was, first of all, we smoked like a pack of cigarettes each. And I was just on the dance floor, covered in sweat, just like having a blast. And I look off to the side, and I was just looking at me like, with like a crazed look in his eyes, just his eyes wide open, just chain smoking cigarettes. And I walk over and I was like, Hey, are you okay, man? He's like, there's a lot of meth in this ecstasy. And I was like, Oh God. That's what, that's what I was going to say, man. Sounds like you guys did some meth. That was the first time I ever did it. And he was like, it's fine. And after that, I was terrified. 
but uh yeah yeah that's the problem man you, they'll cut anything into there the scary thing now is that fentanyl stuff man that if you're not testing your drugs you're really taking a huge risk because fentanyl is terrifying and they seem to be putting it in everything yes uh, these days and i feel bad for kids because when we were young like it was always like uh, a, a scary rumor that things were laced like oh man that stuff was laced that's and like i don't think anything was ever laced maybe like molly or or ecstasy was like cut with something that the the person didn't tell you but we would think like weed was laced all the time and be like oh this stuff made me feel weird it must be laced with something that wasn't true back then but nowadays it's fucking laced a lot and kids are dying people are dying left and right from taking fentanyl which is terrifying so just be careful out there if you're going to do that stuff and make sure you know you have some sort of way of verifying that's why i wish they uh would allow you know, in Europe, you go to music festivals and they allow uh, this nonprofit group. I think it's called Rave Safe, where they actually have a te- tent that you can bring your drugs to and they'll test it for you and let you know what it is. And then if you want to keep it, they'll give it back to you. Or if you don't want it, they'll dispose of it. And it's like saved who knows how many lives, but in the U S they won't let them do that because we're fucking stupid. And we're more interested in getting people in trouble for drugs than providing a safe space for doing them. And the reality is people are going to do drugs, whether you will let them or not. And by restricting access to something like rave safe, you're just endangering people's lives because they're going to do them regardless. And by taking away that knowledge, it's, it's stupid. Like, I go to festivals a lot around here and every year this one called hard summer that happens. It's an electronic music festival. People die and they keep getting kicked out of venue after venue because people keep dying. And the reason they're dying is because they are so strict on security that it forces people to do stupid things. Like this one year they were going so over the top in searching people that they're making people take their shoes off and everything. And it made the line to get in so fucking long. And this is in the summer. So it's hot as balls. And there's people just literally passing out in line because it's so hot and they're so crowded into a small space that, uh, they're, they're getting heat stroke. And then on top of that, they're searching people so much when people see this and they're holding drugs in line, they just end up taking them all right there in line so that they don't have to be worried about getting caught by security. And so they're taking way too many drugs at once. And this is the reason people die. And sure enough, multiple people died that year. And it was because their stupid security was so strict where instead, if they just accept that no matter what they do, People are going to do drugs at their event, and then instead of trying to bust them, they provide a safe space for them. I think you'd have probably no deaths or much less deaths, if any, and you'd have a lot better event, and there wouldn't be needless death. Yeah, that is so stupid. It's like, dude, it's a fucking rave. Why have a rave if you're no, if you're going to not let people bring drugs in? Nobody wants to go to a sober rave. It's the dumbest thing. Yeah. If you were actually concerned about people's safety, you could manage that so much better, like you said. It's like when we went to that fucking rap concert called the Smoker's Ball, and they were just kicking people out for weed. Just like, don't call it fucking Smoker's Ball if you're not going to let people smoke weed. It's so, so stupid. stupid. It's a fucking concert. Have a metal detector. Make sure people don't bring drug or guns in. 
That's it. Don't yeah. make sure people don't bring guns in and let them fucking smoke weed. It's a goddamn concert. It's so stupid, especially in this day and age. But I uh, think Coachella does it right. Coachella, like, you can tell that they tell the guys, like, you're searching for weapons. If it's someone's an idiot, to like, stupid enough to have drugs on them and just, like, out in the open, sure, take them away. But they don't, yeah. like, they don't dig deep. They'll, like, open your suitcase and close it real quick. So unless you just have, like, your drugs laid out in a suitcase, they're not going to take it. The thing that annoyed me about Coachella was that was that they only you can only buy beer in, like, the beer tents. So you can't sneak booze in. And if you're going to drink beer, you have to leave the show, buy a $13 beer. And like, actually, we were talking about this yesterday. I tried to sneak in some some whiskey, and I put it in. Uh, I got like a fake whiskey flask that looked like it was sunscreen. And this big old black lady was checking my stuff, and she opened it up, and it just poured whiskey all over her hand. She's like, "Oh hell no!" and just threw it in the trash. But the, I noticed at Coachella, you could just look at the line, and and you could tell who was going to take it easy on you. Like there were a couple just like super chill looking black dudes. And you could go to this one guy, and he was just cool as fuck. He didn't care if you snuck some drugs in. Yeah. And I would just, and then after after the first day, I would just look around and be like, that guy, he looks cool as fuck. Always go to the shortest line. That's the tip. Because the <laughs> yeah. shortest line is the guy that does not give a fuck. If the line is taking forever, get the fuck out of that line, because that's the, the idiot that's trying to impress his boss and like bust as many people that day as possible. But the short line is the guy that's just like, Oh, you're good. Go ahead. And here's another tip for those. We, we upgraded the year after that. Cause I still use those fake sunscreens and, um, we found you can actually get new seals for them. So you can get little seals that go on the top. So if they open it, it looks like an unopened bottle of sunscreen. And, mm. uh, and so that's that's the trick there. You got to put that new seal on every time, and uh, you can just buy them on Amazon. And uh, that's what we did. And I got them in every time. And I'd have like multiple ones of different SPFs, and they'd be like, "Why do you got so much sunscreen?" I'm like, "Dude, I got such fucked up skin. I gotta have this one, this one, this one." But really, they're all just full of booze. Yep, Julian, you're a real expert. I've been going for many years, and I figured out the tricks of the trade. Yeah, Julian loves that shit. When we went to Coachella, he would go in by himself when the gates opened at 11, and we would all sit at camp until 4 or 5, and then we'd go in, and we'd meet up with him, and he was like still raring to go. He looked like a like a tourist that you'd see in a movie. He had like a big bucket head on. He had a... Camel pack. Camel pack on, like, you know, cargo shorts just packed to the brim. And then he would go all day with us, and then... At like till two in the morning and then we'd be ready to go back and you're like oh man you're not gonna go to the silent disco <laughs> you go to the fucking silent disco and just keep going you were just a fucking machine four days of heaven baby that's how i look at it non-stop i get it oh yeah i wanted to say oh sorry i wanted to say one more thing but like you were saying earlier with fentanyl it, it's such a different ball game now because when we did it it was like yeah you accidentally do some meth or maybe a little heroin or whatever else. And like, yeah, that's horrible. But realistically for someone like me or you, we're not going to get hooked on meth because we're not going to be just smoking it. You know, we're, we're doing ecstasy periodically. So and we're not going to die. Fine. Right. But with fentanyl, it's so fucking powerful that it's like one time, you know, and it's obviously, you know, you don't have no idea how much they're putting in. So all it takes is one time and you just fucking OD like that and you're dead. So, I think the test kits are more important than ever. And with this day and age, you just cannot fuck around with those kind of street street drugs because people die all the time, dude. Fentanyl is just, it's fucking insane. And they're fucking $20 online for peace of mind for yourself. If you're a parent 
and your kids are doing drugs, get a fucking test kit and test their drugs. Have an open conversation. Don't make your kids hide the drugs because that's how they're going to get in trouble and die. If your kids are going to do drugs, they're going to do drugs no matter what you do or say. So just accept it and teach them how to do it responsibly. It's the same like sex. You know, your your kids are going to have sex. Newsflash. So don't try to teach them abstinence. Teach them responsibility. Because otherwise you're going to have a pregnant teenager or a teenager that ends up in the hospital or worse yet, possibly dies. And so... Just accept that your kids are going to experiment and do stupid things and teach them how to do it safely instead of trying to stop them from doing it. I recommend giving them a Costco-sized box of condoms and a Kama Sutra book. There you go. That's how Austin learned all his moves, and you should mm-hmm. see him. I've walked in on Austin doing some strange things in the bedroom with some women, yeah. and he's got his arms tangled around. Hanging from the ceiling. Dude. The, the, like a pretzel. He's like a orangutan in the bedroom. <laughs> I am. You are. All right. Well, I think uh, I'm tipped out. Yeah, I'm tipped out, man. All right. Well, I think this was a, we all learned a little something. We had a few laughs. I think it was a successful episode. I think it's safe to say we got more than we bargained for. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to tell us about how much you enjoyed our episode or how much you hated it, or if you have some tips of your own that you want to share with us, you can email us at just the tips pod at AOL.com. You can also look us up on the old Instagram at just the tips podcast. And you know, if you like us five star us, if you don't like us five star us anyway, uh, and subscribe, we'd love to get some more regular listeners and we're trying to do some advertising. So maybe we'll get, We'll have some luck with that. Who knows? Guys, it would mean a lot to Julian if you subscribed. You know, I we, we pour our heart and souls into this, and we hope you enjoy it. Okay. Well, Julian, I love you. You can suck on my titties, Austin, and stick your finger in your own ass. <laughs> Fine. But I love all you listeners. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Never once had a disabled man come in and like be waiting for me. I just had a very nice time with a disabled man, a drunk disabled man last week. I brought the dude to the house. What are you talking about? But yeah, that was a fun night. That guy was pretty cool, you know, until he did a lot of cocaine and things got a little weird, but they usually do. I mean, Italians do like jewelry. I did it once. I, I tested a guy's thing. I don't know, three feet long and hard to come by. Multiple different nut butters. I figured out the tricks of the trade. There's certain pizzas you dip in ranch and certain pizzas you don't. You can suck on my titties, teach them how to do it responsibly. That's what my wife said. Italians are like wine. We get better with age. That's what my mom always said. She even told my wife that. She says they get better looking with age. I'm pretty horny. Just went and picked up the wood. Four days of heaven, baby. That's how I look at it. Non-stop. Get right up on the person in front of us ass. But yeah, that was like a regular thing that we do all the time. Sounds like you guys did some math. We did a lot of crazy things back then. You might even be able to put a burrito in there as well. I'm, I'm still a teenager inside, you know? I have all the same desires. But I don't really store that much liquid. I like to have fun. And and obviously kids love ranch, so we ordered a shit ton of ranch. That's the day I'm really looking forward to.